Today we're going to talk about something that most people don't ever want to talk about because in our culture it's like uh, it's the one thing that uh, that we kind of want to uh, ignore, kind of just sweep under the rug. It's, it's the inevitability that we're all aging. That's the thing about time, right? And it brings us towards it. But I got to have some good news for you. Where we are going is a great place, and it's not just the next place that where we can't even imagine, right? It's even in this life, uh, God has some amazing things for us, has to do with age. In fact, our memory verse today even talks about that. Proverbs 16.31, you say, Proverbs, this is a book of wisdom. It says this, gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained in the way of righteousness. Have you ever thought about that? You got this, some of you have better crowns of splendor than others, but your gray hair is a crown of splendor. I love how it says it. That's where we're going. And so that's our memory verse today because it's be completely against where culture tells us to go. They say, cover up that gray hair. And we say, no, 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 splendor. <laughs> right? Because in our culture, we all know it, that age is something that is just not honored. Right? In our culture, one of the worst things that you could possibly be is old. Right? And I think it has to do with partly our, the way that we as, as, uh, as Americans, we're innovators. We like what's new and next. And so we have the idea that, hey, listen, what, what is the next best thing is, is great and what is outdated. I have, I have an old phone, right, that I spent a lot of money on a couple years ago. And that back then it was awesome. And now I can't even give it away, right? I got to pay to throw it away. That's just the way that it is. I, I think that we wrongly attach that same kind of mentality to humans, Right? And then we see when somebody gets older, all of a sudden they're outdated. Their ideas must be outdated. They, they, we've got to put them away somewhere. Because they'll mess things up. They're not, they're not new. They don't have great new ideas. And God has a different way of doing this. I feel that in our society, moving that direction with people, we are removing an enormous amount of wisdom from our culture. And I think one thing that we can all agree upon is that our culture is not the most wise of cultures. We do a lot of great things, and I'm proud to be an American. But one thing that we have missed out on is wisdom. And God blesses us with wisdom. I'm grateful for that. And so uh, we need to be able to look and say, is, is it really true that when people age, they become outdated? You know, it's not just that Scripture disagrees with it. Science disagrees with it. I'm going to bring you up some things. In 2004, the Journal of Personality, which is it's a fun journal, says this. The aged are far more capable at connecting events with the bigger picture. You know what that's called? Wisdom. <laughs> right? They're able to say, oh, this happened, and here's the bigger scheme of things as why that happened. Younger people just, all the time, something happens, and they're like, oh, this happened. And then something bad happens, and they're like, oh, what do we do? This happens. The older you get, the more you're able to say, oh, I can kind of see where these things are going. It's an amazing thing. Uh, that's too old for you. 2008, from the University of Alberta and also Duke University, they had a study that said that older people are better able to control emotions and responses than younger people. Isn't that true? Yeah, anyone who's ever had kids will recognize this, right? <laughs> it is the truth, but it is in our, in our life. You know why? I think there is that perspective that only age can give you. They recognize that there are going to be hills and valleys, and then we get the, the better perspective and be able to, to control emotions and responses. That is wise. But if that study is too old for you, well, let's just go again. 2010, University of Michigan says this, the older people become, the better they are at resolving individual and group conflicts. 
Isn't that true? Right? The more they realize it's not just about them, the more they're able to control emotions, the more they're able to see the bigger picture, the more they're able to bring people together on common ground. It, wouldn't it be great if we had, I don't know, less group conflicts and individual conflicts? Do we say that in our culture we have quite a few individual and group conflicts? Wouldn't it be nice to have some wisdom to help us get through that? You know, we have those very same things often in the church as well. And God blesses the church with the age that can help us. You know, but that, that study's uh, it's too old for years ago, like this last year. Life experience, it says Sodomworth College, gives the age an advantage at, at estimates and assessments. And I think it's an interesting thing. And, and how they did it is they talked about just angles on hills, right? That, that an older person could go, the more they're able just to look at a hill and say, oh, that's the angle of that thing. But it also gave them the ability in all kinds of other areas of life to be able to say, this is what's going on, and this is what's going to happen to make proper predictions. You know, all of those studies, how did I find them? You say, how did I find them? I went on, and I started looking for the correlation between age and wisdom. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies. I only had a chance to read a few But it's amazing how there is a bulk of information out there that says that the older people become, the more wise they become. In fact, the oldest book of the Bible, Job says this in Job 12, 12, Wisdom belongs to the age and understanding to the old. This is not a new phenomenon. Wisdom belongs to the aged. Understanding the old. There is something wonderful about age. There's something necessary for humanity in the aged. And so we need to celebrate that, but we live in a culture that doesn't. So we're going to talk up today um, five different ways the Bible tells us to respect age. Now, the first three are for, for those of us who are, are younger and are moving that direction. How do we respect it? And the last two talk about in Scripture, if you've attained some age, you have a, a crown of splendor, how do you respect that age that you have? Right? How do you use it? So we'll get to the first thing that we see is that we're supposed to respect age with honor. That's an important thing. Leviticus uh, 19, this is a book of law, says this, Stand up in the presence of the age, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God, for I am the Lord. You see, that in our culture, oftentimes we like to ridicule those that are aged because sometimes we say, oh, they, have, they, they might forget things or they do funny things or whatever. And yet, in, in God's law, when he was setting up his society, Right when, when he was bringing in Moses and he said, all right, we're going to set up a whole new nation and we're going to do things my way, right? And God be able to set up, what does he do? One of the things he says, you need to honor the aged. This is an important thing. The point is stand up, show respect. And that's huge. And why does he tell us to do it? Because he's God. That's why. It's not because we feel like it. It's not because, you know, we just want it. It's because we're part of his kingdom. And he says, do it. But we get the benefit. You see, I think God knew something about humans is that we are very hyper self-centered, aren't we? Somehow we tend to think that people that are like us are the very best of all of people. Right? Like, this is the pinnacle of God's creation. Right? <laughs> we all kind of think that. Right? My culture, my age, my generation. God certainly likes my music better than yours. Right? Don't we all kind of have that? There is a self-worship that we all have. And 
And God begins to show us that we needed to have some type of wisdom. We need to have some humility. It is necessary for his people, his nation to thrive. And so he says, you know what you need to do? Stop thinking that it's all about you and your generation and all this kind of stuff. Start showing some honor and respect. And I'll say for those of us who, who may be on the, the front half, I'm no longer, I'm in that middle third of life, maybe, unless like a truck hits me or something, right? But for those of us who haven't reached that, that, that love, we don't have the, the crown of splendor yet, right? We, I think there's a level of respect that is necessary, that is, that is not just counter to our culture, it is just like totally different than our culture. The church, the family of the church needs to be a place where we begin to honor age. Not just with words, but even with actions and our attitudes. It is important for us to be able to say if somebody's age, that is a good thing. In fact, it is a great thing here. It is something that the God says that, that we are supposed to honor. So let us do it. The second thing we want to do is respect age with humility. Again, uh, Proverbs uh, 23-22 says this, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Listen to him. Again, we like this self-centered. We have this this self-worship. We like to think we know it all, don't we? And isn't it true the older we get in life, the more we realize we don't know it all? You see, God tries to help us when we're young. Because we have that, we believe that we've got it. And so he tells us in his word, for those of us that are young, he says, you don't got it. Somebody else has more than you do, right? They've had more time, more opportunity to learn more. So a little humility is necessary. Listen to your parents. They may know something that you don't. And that's not just for little kids, by the way. There's something that says, listen to those who came before. And why your father? Why your mother? Well, they're the first two people. They actually are supposed to love you, right? We talked about that. They're supposed to have your best interest at heart. So God hardwired them. And, and I know we're in a broken planet. Not every parent is like that. But he says, listen, to those who have your best interest at heart, who have some age, why not just be honest enough to say that maybe I don't know it all? Maybe there's something that I can hear from them. There's another proverb that talks about this too. It says, listen to the advice and accept discipline. At the end, it will be uh, counted among the wise. So listen to advice, accept discipline. That's an important thing. Listen to it. Accept it when, when those who are older tell us things that we don't want to hear. Because maybe in their perspective, their ability to better estimate things, ability to better connect the, the events to the bigger picture, Right? Maybe they have a piece of the puzzle we're missing, which is important for us to do. Listen to it. Accept their discipline. That's not just when they say, hey, go to your room. That's when they say, hey, maybe we shouldn't get what we think we want. Maybe there's a a wiser way to go through this. It says we do that. In the end, we will gain wisdom. We will be counted among the wise. Isn't that what we want? None of us wants to be old and foolish. We want to grow and mature and to be someday, all of us, to, to make wise decisions. Well, that doesn't just happen. And I think part of it is as we begin to honor those and as the church honors those who have some age. And we can look to them and we can ask them for their advice and, and, and accept 
some of the wisdom that they may have as to how we move ahead or what we're supposed to do, even if it's not what we want to do. In fact, that's sometimes the very best advice is when someone doesn't tell you what you want to hear, right? And when we begin to do that, eventually we start to walk in greater and greater wisdom. Now, why should we care about walking in wisdom? Well, Proverbs really talks about this. It says that uh, those that walk in the, in the seat of scoffers, right, who, who, uh, who live their life unwise tend to live horrible lives. They squander the great things of God. They live with all kinds of turmoil and extra troubles that they don't need to have. Typically, they get themselves in all kinds of bad situations that they really never needed to be a part of. Not only that, but they miss out on the greatest things. They miss out on, on investing in the eternal things. And they live foolish lives. They get to the end and say, what was it all about? But it says on the other side, for those who are wise, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that, it says, and those who admit that they don't know it all and maybe need to have a little direction and a little course correction from time to time, who are willing to say, I don't know everything, but I'm going to trust those who maybe have some more experience and those who actually seek wisdom and go and try to find it, those people, it says, have found something that is far more valuable than gold or silver or any other kind of treasure. It's something, wisdom makes a big difference in our life. It makes the most of this experience while we're on this earth and also the most of the experience that comes next. It allows us to to walk around a lot of problems, a lot of traps that most people fall into. We don't suffer the horrible things that the unwise do, right? Not only that, but it keeps us off of these... Our life, like we're being tossed about by the waves of of whatever is happening in our culture and our life where we feel just untethered, right? Wisdom helps us stay tethered to what is true and what is right so we can navigate through this life well. There is a value to it. And I think being counted amongst those who are not foolish is a great thing. It has benefits for today and it has benefits for the next life. Not only that, it has benefits for those that we live around, our own close families, but also benefits for those that we live around in our community, right? How do we get there? Listen to advice. Isn't that hard? I think the hardest thing is to admit that I don't know it all. That really is. And I don't know why all of us have, why that's so hard. I mean, everybody looks at me and knows that I don't know it all, right? Everybody, everybody looks at you and knows that you don't know it all. Why is that we try to deceive ourselves or try to, like, create this, this persona like everybody thinks that I know it all? Well, I will pray. If you think that, nobody's fooled, right? None of us are God, and we get that. And I think oftentimes we're so afraid to listen because we're afraid that other people look down on us. You know what? What does it say? You'll be counted among the wise if you actually humble yourself and listen to good advice. It's the people who close their ears to, the, to others and say, no, 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 I've got this, I've got this, while they continue to bash their head against the wall. <laughs> Those are the people that we look and say, that is a dumb person. Right? It is those that are humble, the ones, the rest of us, don't we look to those people? And say, wow, you know what? You are willing to learn. You are willing to, to, to accept correction. Those are the type of people we want to listen to. This is a powerful verse because it helps us through, I think, some of the biggest things that get us off course as people. And, you know, one of the biggest blessings that God gives us is not just that we listen to, to any advice, because we can listen to any advice. Even listen to a child can sometimes help us. But you know what God has blessed us with? People who have some age. People who have some experience. 
people who may know what they're talking about. Those are the people who we want to listen to. And so there has to be humility. There has to be a level for us in our culture where we exalt youth. For those of us who are young to be willing to lay that down. And that's a sacrifice. And to say, no, we are going to exalt age because that's what God does. And we're going to be willing to say it's not the newest and the best ideas. We want the wisest ideas. And we in this place begin to look and ask with humility and say, you know what? Maybe it's not the innovation that matters. The kingdom of God is not new. Maybe it's wisdom and living a, a right life. That's what we should be after. I think it's an amazing thing. And then in the end, we will be counted amongst the wise. You know, and if we do this, the rest of culture will think we're foolish. And they say, why on earth do you spend so much time listening to old people? That's what I'm going to say. But in the end, we will be counted among the wise. And the power thing. Also, I think we have to respect age with deference. This goes with humility, right? Deference is, is giving somebody some honor or uh, it's... It has that level of humility. It says uh, in 1 Timothy 5, what Paul is telling Timothy, listen, this is how you pastor a church. In these pastoral epistles, this is how you're supposed to structure a church. This is how you care for people. He knew that they were going to be, because Timothy was not old. Remember, he says, uh, hey, listen, don't let people look down on you because of your age, because of your youth. Right? What do you do when you are a young pastor and you have authority over older people? Because I'll tell you, this is really intimidating when you have people looking to you to give them counsel and advice and, and direction in life and that you're younger and you recognize you don't know everything, what do you do? How do you treat the age? He says, even for the pastor, somebody in authority says this, don't rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. There is a way that we are supposed to be able to honor those, even those that if you are a boss and you have people who work under you who have age, don't treat them like a child. Don't talk down to them, right? That's important for us. In fact, it says, if there is something, if there is any correction, you had better do it gently. You had better do it with some honor. You know, exhort them. Lift them up as if they were your father. This is a total change for us, isn't it? Instead of just saying, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, right? You need to get with the program, Right? We who are younger know what's happening. The future is ours. Right? It's saying, you know what? If there needs to be correction, if there needs to be, to go in and say, you know what? You do know a lot more than I do in this. There is one area where we see the scripture, actually. We find a Timothy is supposed to be the standard. If we find somebody out of line with that. But even then, we don't do it harshly. God tells you. He's like, you know what? Here's where we see in God's standard. How can we help you in this, right? What do you see in this? We're supposed to exalt or exhort one another with deference. There's a humility that is necessary in there. Now, what about on the uh, other side there? How do we begin to honor? Well, uh, it tells us that we need to uh, respect age also with care. There's something that we need to do uh, in, as the church. As people get older, uh, because we live in a fallen world, our bodies, they also fall apart. Have you noticed? Right? That's not fun. And it will happen to all of us. 
if God allows us to live, the longer he allows us to live, the, the more and more these bodies will fall apart. He gives us new bodies. We're not freaked out by that, but these bodies fall apart. Right? The things physically that I was able to do when I'm 20 are not the same things I'm physically that I'm able to do at 40. And there, there are going to be things that I can do now that I physically will not be able to do when I'm 60 and 80. I get that. That's just the progression of things, right? So what do we do as a church? How do we care for other people? The Bible says we are supposed to care for those who, as they age. In fact, 1 Timothy says anyone who does not provide for their relatives, right, that would be your parents and, and whatnot, as much as your, your own family. Or your, it says especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, we oftentimes hear this quoted for husbands who don't care for their children and their wives. And that, I think, is an accurate way of putting this. But also, it doesn't just say that. It says their relatives. And then it goes on to say even their own household. So you can see in the Scripture, it's not just talking about your immediate family. The both are included. See, one of the things that the church has is that we're not supposed to cast off those in our own family as they age. That we have a responsibility and obligation to care for them. And it just is right. Think about if, if the people in your family, your parents and, and all, didn't care for you while you were a little baby, you would be dead. In fact, I think of Thomas. When he was a little kid, I would save his life probably 50 times an hour. Right? He's like, hey, here's some cyanide. I don't even know where I found it, but I'm going to try to chew on it. You're like, no, stop. He's like, oh, here's a ledge. Let me try to jump off it. See what happens. I mean, it's crazy. Your parents kept you alive. And now it's your turn to be able to keep them alive, right? To keep them cared for. And it's not just the physical needs, it's the emotional needs as well and the spiritual needs. When you were a child, more important than food and shelter was the fact that you needed love, identity. As in our culture, people get old, we tend to want to just shut them away out of our lives because they're going to require greater care. And we're so busy doing other things, aren't we? But I will tell you that is missing out on God's best. It's missing out on what God wants for us. He says, you know, one of the best things that you can do is to be able to go and then to embrace and to care for those, to honor them with care. And in fact, if we don't do it, he says, what is, what is our testimony? Denial of our faith. Worse than an unbeliever. Why worse? Because we know the truth. And if we still don't act according to it, that makes us even worse than somebody who doesn't believe that it is the truth. There is a moral obligation, just like it was in the beginning, where in Leviticus, God said, do it because I said do it. In the New Testament, God says, do it because I said do it. I think he knows that those of us who are young sometimes just need to have a, that thing that says, do it. I'm not, I don't have to explain it to you. I'm God. Trust me. And obey. Do it. When you don't want it to, do it. Care for those in our family. It's an important thing. We respect age with care. And then also, James 1.27, look at this. It's not just in our family who age, but also in our, in our church, in our, our midst. It says, religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this. Look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. Don't we want to have a religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure? Isn't that kind of the goal? <laughs> that, we, that when we're spending time here, we're not just wasting it, doing whatever we want, having a little party on Sunday, and we get up there to heaven, and God was like, well, that was a waste of your time and mine. We don't want that. 
How do we live our lives in a way that God said this was actually worthwhile? Well, here's he gives us a good thing. And part of it is the care for orphans and widows. You have two spectrums, right? You have children who have no family, and then you have those who are aged who have no family. Because in the family of God, there is always a family. And we're going to talk about that next week. But here's this, because you don't have relatives who may be aging, if you're in the church family, you have relatives who are aging. Every one of us has relatives who are aging. Every one of us has somebody we can care for. And we are called to care for them. And God wants us to. In fact, he says that is, that is what he's looking for. That's what's pure. That's, that's the right kind of way to love him. So we respect age with care. Now, we're going to talk about on the other side, how, how do we uh, respect age as those who age. And I want you to turn to Titus. And that's on page 835. And it's chapter 2 we're going to be, but it's a very short little book. It's right there in the end. And also, this is one of those pastoral epistles that the... Paul gives to the church. How's the church supposed to operate as he starts the church? How's it supposed, what's it supposed to look like? And in Titus 2, it says, You, however, starting verse 1, must teach what is appropriate on sound doctrine. And so in that, verse 2, what is that sound doctrine? Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith and in love and endurance. And likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slenders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. When we are old does not mean that we get to stop learning. When we are old, as we age, we can always still gain knowledge and wisdom from God and His Word. It can continue to help us grow. And I think that's interesting in this, that uh, it tells us in Titus 2, 2, as for the men who age... It says, teach old men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, and love and endurance. We're supposed to act our age. That's what it's telling us. And we live in a culture where it says, act young. The older you get, have some kind of crazy crisis. Go and do something. Act like you're 20 years old. Your body's not going to love you if you do that, for starters. But also, it's, it's, it's giving up the crown of splendor. Why would you lay that down? As we mature, we should act mature. And so to be temperate and we're worthy of respect. You know, it's okay and it's right to be dignified as we age. That is a good thing. And I think for us, as we live in a culture that devalues age, especially for men, we feel a loss of value. I, if we retire, who am I? Right? Do I have to... Uh, maybe when I was young, kind of rekindle some of those same feelings or whatever, and it says, no, there's actually a higher calling that you now have. But to be worthy of respect and self-controlled and sound in your faith and in love and endurance, you need to set the standard for the church. See, young men are looking to you. They're looking at your life. They're looking at how you handle things. They're looking for your wisdom. So act wise. And it's not just for men, it says this. For the women, verse 3, Likewise, teach older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine. Listen, we're not supposed to act like foolish young people. Now, ladies, as you grow, you have the ability to be able to, to call the church up to a higher standard. But to teach what is good, it says, that's what we are to be like. 
And as we age, let us act our age. Let us mature, and that is a good thing. And I know our society tells us it's not, but look at the way our society is going. There is a standard for you as we age for all of us. One of the ways that we respect age is to age, to step into maturity. Our world needs more mature people, don't we? So we get to do that. We get to act our age. And then as we do that, there is something that we get to do. We respect age with discipleship. Look at verse uh, uh, 4. It says, Then they can urge younger women to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled and pure and busy at home and kind, and to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Do you see how the, the structure of it? So when we looked at it, it starts with the men, and it says, okay, guys, you've got to be this way, right, as you age. And then it talks about the women, and it says, all right, now here's the benefit for young women. Our homes are falling apart. Those of you who have had families and raised families are necessary to show us how it's done, right, because we're not getting that in pop culture at all. Every bit of media, everything that is out there is telling us how to destroy families, how not to do it right. But if you've raised a family, you know how to do it right. We need to hear from you. Young women need to be encouraged by your testimony. The things that you did right and the things that you wish you did better. Both. And in order to have that witness, you have to act mature, right? But as you act mature and you show that you have this wisdom, you need to be passing it on. Because the younger people of the church aren't just going to just get it. That's the whole point. You have to be willing to show us and to teach us a better way. And it goes on for, for men. And it says, uh, in, in there it says, uh, similarly encourage young men, in verse 6, to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, in your integrity, in your seriousness, in your soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So, men, as we age, we have something valuable to impart to the church, something huge. And do you see the value of it? That as we teach and we teach those who are younger than us a better way of life, a wiser way of life, it says that the value of that is this, that, that they're that those who oppose us will be ashamed because they'll have nothing bad to say. Young people do impetuous things. We can't help it. We don't even know they're impetuous, right? We just think we're reacting to the way that this world is. We need those who have the perspective to say, you know what, these hills and valleys are just that. But you know what, there's a bigger picture, and this is how to navigate these things, and this is how to handle things with faith and respect. And this is how I've seen God in my life through all of these things. And don't worry, in the midst of all of these, whether it is in the difficult times or the success, He is still God, and this is how you can follow Him. These are the ways that I've done it well, and these are the ways, you know what, I made these mistakes, don't, don't make those mistakes. We respect age when you actually disciple. That's one of the reasons that God blesses the church with people who have some life experience. So that they can pass on the wisdom to the next generation so we don't have to learn everything ourselves. And the most foolish way to live life is to learn every single lesson yourself, isn't it? I was so grateful when I was a little kid that we had a fireplace in my, my, uh, uh, my grandparents' home and my grandpa put a fire in there 
right? And it had a little mesh screen over the front of the fireplace. It kept the sparks from burning down the house, right? Kept them all inside. And that screen would get really hot. How do I know it got hot? Did I ever touch it? No. I never once touched it. Why? Because my grandpa said, Aaron, don't touch that. It's hot. And I never burned myself. It was a lesson that I got to learn from his wisdom and not through my stupidity. There are lots of lessons the church can learn through the wisdom of those who came before us and not from our own stupidity. We'll learn the lesson either way. Learn it the wise way. In order to do that, older men and women, we need you. You are valuable here. You have something to teach us. And it's up to you to be willing to teach, to know that you have something to say. And it's up to the church, to the rest of us, to listen. So as we respect family, as we go into this, this thing of how do, we, how do we honor age? How do we respect it? Well, the first thing I understand is that age is a path to wisdom. There is a way to understand things in life. And one of the, the ways that you just can't microwave is life experience. When you age, as you go through life, you are picking up truths and lessons. You just are. And so there is wisdom with the age that what Scripture says. That's why we're to value it. And here we are to value it because we value wisdom. Second thing we find in this is that respecting age, that we have to respect it with honor, deference, and care. That's what the church needs to do. We need to honor those as, as they age. And here is a place where we really believe that gray hair is a crown of splendor. It truly is. And we are grateful for that. Not something as a sign of being backwards or slow or behind the times. No. as something that says we are living and building a kingdom that is beyond time. And with deference and with care, here to be respected. This is a place that we need to begin to honor those who have aged. But also... We need to respect age with maturity and discipleship. As we age, we need to grow up and really take that challenge, buck the system and the culture that says, stay young, don't stay young, we have enough young people. What we need is we need some people to grow up and to show us the way to do that and then to pass it on. That's what Scripture says. It's how we're supposed to honor age, and it's an amazing thing. When we do it, we'll be counted amongst the wise. It's part of our churches. We want to be disciples that build disciples, right? How are we going to reach this community? We're not going to do it in foolishness. And God didn't ask us to. He's given us brothers and sisters of all different ages and and different stages of life so that we can each play our part and then we can each gain and learn from one another and care for one another. The whole body will be built up in love and growing and healthy. That's what we're supposed to do. So how do I apply it? Well, on your connection card, if you want to pull it out, I have some cool things on the back side there for you and uh, some ways that maybe you can begin respecting age. And I understand this. This is uh, different than what our culture tells us to do. So the first thing we need to do is have a change of heart. And what, how does God write his law in our heart? Well, it tells us in the Word that I have hidden your word in my heart that I want not sin against you, right? That's why we want to memorize and meditate on Scripture to begin to see the world in the right way. Well, I'll tell you what, there is a memory verse that we started today, Proverbs 16, 31. I challenge you this week, make that your commitment to begin actually not just memorizing, but trust God in it. Believe it. I think our culture, we think it's ridiculous. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. (laughs) No, God's not joking. This is important. There is honor in that and it is 
is gained in the way of righteousness. And so memorize, meditate on, think about what it means for you in this life, for you personally as you age. Not only just as you as you age, but also in a culture. How are we treating those? How are you honoring those who have more age than you? And how are you using the wisdom that God has blessed you with today? Memorize that. Or how about this? Why don't you read Titus and 1 Timothy? Those are great books that I, we looked at today. It talks about how the church is supposed to work. I think you'll be surprised at how it talks about how a healthy church is to be designed and how important it is to have wisdom to be part of that. Maybe that's what you start this week. They're very, very short, but they're powerful. Or how about this? Uh, maybe you need to value age with honor. Maybe you look at your own life, and today you're sensing a little conviction. You're like, you know what, I have. Because I'm part of this culture, I've been looking down upon age. Maybe you are younger, and you're looking at people who are older, and you're thinking irrelevant. Or maybe you're older and looking at your life ahead, and you're in fear saying, I'm going to become irrelevant. Maybe what you need to do is to start this week and really value age with honor, to say, you know what, this is good. There is something valuable into this. It's not something to dread, but something to look forward to. Or maybe this, maybe you want to adopt a widower widower, right? Because it's the religion that the Lord considers as pure and faultless. Uh, we do have folks in not just our church, but in our community, that as they age, they have been cast aside. What a shame. And one of the things that God says he wants for us to do is to make sure that, that as people age, they are cared for. That is a sign of great love. Maybe you live by somebody who is a widow or a widower or have a friend who is a widow or a widower, or there is somebody that you know in the church who is. Maybe there are things that you can do that can help. I don't know, things like when it snows, go and shovel their walk for them, because that's hard. Or change light bulbs. That can be very difficult. There are tons of different ways that you can do it, but one of the best ways is actually just to get to know them. Take them for tea. Talk. Listen. Be the family of faith. Maybe that's what you're challenged to do this week. Or maybe there's something else. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you know that there is a call that God's telling you to do. Let me know what it is. I'll pray for you this week. I want to support you in it. Maybe there's another commitment that you need to make. Let me know. Or a prayer request because we do love to pray for you. And as uh, you uh, write those down, then uh, what we'll do is we're going to pray for these. And then we're going to take our offering. And if we take our offering, uh, as you put your tithes and your offerings in the basket as it's passed, we're going to ask that you take this connection card and put it in the offering basket as well. And uh, we would appreciate that. Um, but before we do any of those things, let's pray over our commitments and our offerings. So if you would please join me in that, I'd appreciate it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love and your kindness, your goodness, Lord, that you are the ancient of days, Lord. You are the God of all time. And Lord, that you call us to, to great things. Lord, that you don't just find joy with us when we are children. But, Father, that you also have purpose and joy in our lives as we age. Lord, that uh, you grant us wisdom, you grant us dignity, you grant us opportunity. Father, I pray as a church that we would be a church that is filled with wisdom. A church that operates according to your standards and the way that you do things. A church that honors you. And in that, Father, I know that means that we have to be a church that honors age. Lord, I pray that you do a work in our hearts because we live in a culture that doesn't do that. 
And so, Father, it is not natural for us to honor age. But I pray that you would change us from the inside out. Help us to trust you in this. Father, teach us to value the things that you value so that the good things that you have for us are the things that we can experience. And Father God, I pray for for those in our church family who have some years. I pray that you would invest their experience in the furtherance of your kingdom. I pray that you show them how to pass on that wisdom to the rest of us. And Father, for those as we grow and and who may not have the experience yet, give us the heart of humility, Father, to listen and to honor those who have it. And Lord, in all of this then, we're going to pray that it's not just that you bless this church, but Father, even more that you would receive glory because that's truly what it's about. That even our enemies would look at us and even though they may ridicule, they truly will have nothing bad to say. Lord, because this is a church in which we honor you, in which wisdom is practiced. So, Father, we pray for our commitments today that we make. Help us to keep them in a way that honors you. We also pray for our tithes and and for our offerings, Lord, that, that as we bring them, it would be investment in your kingdom, a wise use of using your funds according to your priorities. And help us in this church, then, as we grow, to grow as a church that that honors you and grows wiser and wiser as we do. We pray in Christ's wonderful name. Amen.